I'm Shannon, and can I get an injunction to stop a face? And I'm Emma, and you expect me to believe that women buy these for their sore necks? I'm sorry I can't. Don't hate me. The motherfucker's concise. I revealed too much too soon. I was emotionally slutty. Okay, I'm a big whore. I think we have a stiff breeze. I'll give you a hundred dollars if you say something bitchy about someone we know. That's bullshit, Gary! Also, in that scene, they show a shot of like a new one in a box as she's walking into the Sharper Image store. Yeah. And it says vibe on it. It's <laughs> like, it's a something, I should have written down the actual name, but it says like neck vibe 100 oh my gosh. or something. And I'm like, it's in the name. It's a vibrator. <laughs> yeah. Neck vibe. Absolutely. <laughs> Samantha really unlocked um, like an entire demographic of consumers for Sharper Image. Absolutely. I think. And I think he knew it, too. Oh, yeah. He was like, I, I love the line when he's like, you must have worn it out. <laughs> it's good. It's a, it's an excellent Sex in the City scene when it she's is. returning the vibrator. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. Would, would this burn through your underwear? Even with ski pants. <laughs> so good. Such oh, a good Samantha line. So good. This uh, entire episode that we're going to be talking about actually has a ton of great Samantha lines. Mm. Speaking of which, um, let's start off with questions. I'm ready. Um, okay. So we are. So, okay. A little bit of backstory. We're talking about the episode Critical Condition today. Uh, from season five and there is an incredibly iconic character in this episode named Mina Katz who is kind of touted about as being a big gossip uh, she's the booker for Saturday Night Live she loves to talk yeah and we kind of see that like revealed throughout the episode where she seems to just have a lot of friends she's well connected and very uh yeah likes likes to talk likes to meet over lunch and i don't know talk about stuff so okay with that in mind nina katz talker gossiper extraordinaire have you ever encountered somebody like this or have you ever been a nina katz type of person in your life <laughs> Okay, well, I am somebody, I self-identify as a gossip lover. I thought you were going to say as a person. No, <laughs> I, as a person, love gossip. But, okay, it's true. People love gossip. Yeah. People love to talk. Mm -hmm. um, and we will kind of get into how it's sort of become this, like, negative thing especially associated with femme people but anyways mm. we'll get into it um but yes I would say that I have been a Nina Katz kind of person mm. I here's the thing I'm loyal to my friends I'm gonna say that right now yeah. if you have a secret for me and you're like please don't tell anyone then I won't I won't mm -hmm. tell anyone but if you tell me about your friend who did something and I don't know them 
but it's like juicy tea mm. i'll tell people mm-hmm. i i do mm-hmm. i i i've been anina katz i can't think of a specific like x to x situation because of course nina mm. is sort of acting the way towards carrie because of her relationship if not brief with aiden mm-hmm. um after carrie so i think there's a little she's like harboring a little bit of resentment there mm. um hence the face and hence the the gun <laughs> exactly and so i think i've never really been that person i'm not really mm. like one to talk really negatively about people mm-hmm. and i and i do believe that gossip can kind of be used in a more fun way if that makes sense i think nina katz is kind of malicious and i guess i'd be say i'd say that i never intend to be malicious i i Mm. probably have been i'll just fully admit maybe like not on purpose but um yeah i i like talking i I like gabbing oh yeah i I love to gab i even like i have a group of people i go to aquasize with once a week and aquasize is basically just flailing your body around in a pool and, <laughs> and gabbing about your week i love yeah. it that's why i go <laughs> i love that so much um and i i was trying to think if i'd ever been on carrie's side as well with this mm. question like been the victim yeah of like a negative critique or like neg something like negative that people were saying about me mm-hmm. um and i actually couldn't really think of anything that i was aware of except Mm. When I was in high school, mm. I kept hearing rumors because I had a new boyfriend mm-hmm. um, and I kept hearing rumors that his ex was going to beat me up. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Why? <laughs> I don't know because it was high school and I was like 15 and she was angry, I guess. But mm. I have a feeling that this was something stirred up by some people oh. and like much like what Carrie kind of realized with Nina I think in the end she realized that Nina probably wasn't actually talking about her mm-hmm. or at least that is how I perceived this episode I think Carrie kind of had this understanding that like um mm-hmm. <laughs> well now I'm just on a ramble but so Carrie like is talking to her friends on the phone like do you think that Nina is telling everyone at Saturday Night Live. Do you think she's telling Gwyneth Paltrow? Do you think like yeah. she's telling Ian McKellen was mm-hmm. the other person? And I was like, I know that was wild. That was that's an odd person to be worried about somebody <laughs> gossiping your life to. But all right, Sir Ian McKellen, love it. I mean, lo- stand Sir Ian McKellen, but like, <laughs> what a weird thing to worry about. Yeah, but yeah, Carrie had all these like fears, and I and I think in. In the end, I mean, I guess she sort of came to the conclusion that, like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of got the impression from Nina that she, I'm sure she told her friends. I'm sure she told a few people about it. But I don't think she was blabbing to everyone, et cetera. I don't think she was blabbing to Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, definitely not. In fact, if anything, she would take that really awkward encounter with Carrie at, like, the pretzel stand at the farmer's market. And she would tell people about that, like... For sure. The guy that I used to date, his ex, like, literally stalked me to a pretzel stand when I was with Heather Graham and, like, yanked me aside and said, so there. (laughs) Yeah, it it was weird. And, like, you know, we've talked about Carrie's stalkerish behavior behavior before. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. (laughs) Like, maybe girl deserves to be gossiped about a little bit because Mm -hmm. for protection, even. 
yeah like, warning <laughs> and you know like you can't really blame nina if she like dated aiden right after carrie and like that obviously ended in fiery flames uh like she sees that aftermath and she mm-hmm. has not met carrie she has no idea who the fuck she is so like yeah she probably thinks that like oh fuck like aiden's ex was like horrible like some mean bitch or something like that and that makes a lot of sense because she doesn't know who carrie is i'm like sure whatever like if you just have that opinion and you never carry that out or tell anybody and that's just i don't know a thing that you think like that's one thing and i'm sure until she actually met carrie she probably didn't give it more thought you know no absolutely not um have you ever encountered or been a nina katz kind of person I think really similar to you, I have been, and I think that I've moved away, like, I I do still, okay, so I really like to know things, I like to be in the know, and there were points, like, you know, during adolescence, like, early adulthood, where, um, People would just, like, feel really comfortable, you know, sharing stuff with me. And, yeah, I, I'm not really proud to say that I didn't keep some of that confidential and, like, maliciously, like, spread things. And, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really feel great about it. But I definitely have been that person, like, talking with, like, malintent. Like, not sharing information to, like, for the betterment of people or for fun. Um sharing things like in a mean way and I mean I'm kind of impressed that Carrie just immediately got this message like mid conversation (laughs) with Nina because it's taken me a long time of self-work and like understanding attachment styles and therapy and all that shit to like get to where I am where like I, I do still like to know things but if somebody tells me they're that's personal or you know their story like something that's really like special or you know they tell me not to share this with anyone or just really most things I'm I'm not I'm not telling I'm not sharing that like that's that's not my information to share anything but it took a lot of um it took a lot of work to to get to that point and feel like secure in myself that yeah I can know things and it doesn't bring me any like power or joy to share information like unnecessarily Mm -hmm. and I feel like that really that really clicked like after I worked um a particular job where people did disclose some really heavy shit to me like every day multiple times a day and it just morally felt so disgusting to to turn that into like you know oh I have to like tell more people about this or whatever so I think that I've turned a leaf definitely since you know like high school days or you know whatever early early adulthood for sure and I feel like I have been on the other side like I like I mean I don't even want to think about the world of online but (laughs) I know that I know that there are people out there that have a certain opinion of me and probably don't really like me that much and you've got some nina cats out there you've got some nina cats like if i if i ran into like somebody they would you know they wouldn't even like stop and say like hi carrie like they would just keep walking and that i think that's that's really hard to sit with it's it's hard to like sit with the feeling that 
even though I've changed and like I've I can recognize like some of the behavior that I've done in the past that was wrong or some of the things that I did to hurt people you know regardless of intent it does really hurt that sometimes that just it doesn't matter like how much you've changed or how much you're how much you are like remorseful or regretful or sorry or or whatever the case might be like some people just have opinions of you and you you genuinely can't change them and some Mm -hmm. people don't even like they don't even need a reason to have an opinion Mm -hmm. about you like they could just see you and be like I don't like that person I don't like how they talk I don't like how they laugh I I just don't like their whole vibe as a human and yeah I think that's really difficult to start with so I understand like where some of Carrie's anxiety definitely comes from in this episode and like Mm -hmm. the way she's working it out with her friends like yeah I've been that person too like just really trying to work through my feelings with another person and the fact that she does come to that point of realization herself of like ah yes this is all me the worst critic is myself and like you know it really actually doesn't matter what Nina Katz is saying or thinking Mm -hmm. that's pretty impressive to to get to that point like I said especially without therapy (laughs) she got to that point rather quickly but she didn't ever get over her stalking face I know yeah (laughs) that's what she should be working step by step I truly think like thinking about this now that is the story that Nina Katz is going to be sharing yeah and she literally accuses Carrie she's like Carrie one more time and I'm gonna think that you're stalking me like I guarantee you Nina Katz would spread that spread that story like wildfire. And that's something too that I think is a moment where gossip is actually like kind of important because you know stalking like yeah we we joke about it, we laugh about it, but that can actually turn into a really serious thing and like that is a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. So Nina by spreading this rumor or I mean it's not even a rumor but by like sharing this information with other people it's like you know in a way that's sort of protecting herself too Mm. and I think that this this episode is heavily inspired by a podcast that I really enjoy called Mm -hmm. Normal Gossip um and they talk a lot about uh, gossip as like dismantling power structures and stuff yes oh my gosh yes yeah so it's actually so in this particular case it's like yeah, like, she's making a joke, but <laughs> Carrie shows some, like, scary behavior sometimes with her stalking, even in, and just like that. Yes. She goes back for an important attention. <laughs> that, that truly is a characteristic of Carrie that I n- have not picked up on until recently. Like, mm-hmm. girl likes to stalk. Yeah, and she, and she sees nothing wrong with it. No. Like, she doesn't seem to have any remorse any growth she doesn't really like she in her mind is justified in her stalking yeah like the relentless pursuit of Mm -hmm. another person of information of just trying to like explain herself like there's just no thought yeah and for her own gain yeah like literally not for the other person whatsoever yeah (laughs) one of her (laughs) the major flaws of our beloved heroine (laughs) Yes, I, I would like to think that that is something that I, that's a trait I don't have. 
<laughs> I do not compulsively stalk people. That's good. Neither do mm. I. I'm really proud of us. We're, we've demonstrated so much growth. We're adults. <laughs> um, but I really like that you bring up uh, gossip as this kind of idea to dismantle power structures because I think that oh man I have so many opinions of gossip especially how gossip is like levied as a kind of um a tool of punishment or management especially in like workplaces or organizational structures like as soon as you're accused of of gossiping it's like this bad thing it's a horrible thing where like I would hazard a guess from my experience most times it's not actually like malicious gossip it's like no we're sharing information about Mm. the harmful power structure of whatever fucking organization there is or even just like talking about like how much money you're making yeah like what are your benefits like things that your employers don't want you to talk about Mm -hmm. because they don't want that information to be shared Mm -hmm. and so they sort of like frame it as gossip yeah in this way it's like oh well it's bad like don't talk about it when really it's like like you were saying like necessary information mm-hmm. that that needs to be talked about with employees but yeah and there's like like you said there are different forms of gossip like gossip can be fun it can be light it can be harmless it can just be like yeah i i like to know things or suspected things and i think it's important to have a healthy balanced like perspective of that and not think like this is the entire world or whatever like you you know there's some some balance and levity to to that form of gossip and then there's gossip with like malicious intent there's Mm -hmm. gossip to like share information in maybe a more covert way than just being open and transparent with every single person like there's different forms not all gossip is terrible and not all gossip is good like there's there's different shades yeah and I like too that you brought up like specifically how so I was actually thinking about this recently but when we think of the word gossip it is so heavily associated with women and femme folks like I really can't think of very many if if any but maybe that's just because I'm biased in this current moment but I really can't think of very many examples of that word being used to describe men's behavior mm-hmm. or like a masculine person's behavior of like you know talking sharing information like whether that's with malicious intent or not like that's not gossip why is gossip so heavily associated with yeah with that like construct of femininity i don't know it kind of makes me think back <laughs> to when I don't know if this might be a bit of a stretch but it kind of makes me think back to when we were talking about the Sex and City book mm. and we had a conversation about um what is men's romance called like yeah. there's not really like romance or relationships like there's media mm-hmm. that talks about men's relationships and men's you know their dating lives and whatnot but it's never considered like romance because mm-hmm. that's like a heavily feminized term yeah um where gossip is is kind of the same thing that it's it's mainly used as something that like women and femme people talk about or use but it's it's so not true like if you think of things that are talking about other people is 
something that everyone does. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a part of life. It's a part of socialization. And if you think of, like, a very traditional, like, masculine example, it's, like, sports teams. Yeah. It's, like, talking about, like, what players got traded or, like, talking about their relationships with each other, mm-hmm. talking about, like, what they do off off the field or off the hockey rink or, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, how come stuff like that isn't considered gossip? It's very much we consume it in the same mm-hmm. way. We go on social media. Mm-hmm. We read news articles about it. Mm-hmm. Like, we are talking about people and their relationships and their work and their professional life. So why is that not associated with gossip, which has become this sort of, like, negative term? Yes, and not – like not just negative like when you're talking about sports and like that kind of information and stuff yeah like we we don't call that sports gossip mm-hmm. it's considered you know like that yeah that's a legitimate interest that's like okay for people to have but then as soon as you talk about something like celebrity gossip mm-hmm. that's like trivial and superficial why would you care about pop culture like that or yeah celebrity gossip like it's almost like minimized in a way of like, oh, why would you waste your time? Like so interested in, in other people's lives. And exactly like you said, everybody does it. Everybody's mm-hmm. interested in other people's lives. Like we're human. That's what we do. Yeah. And it's it's really heavily shamed, like especially celebrity gossip. It's like people um, like even Carrie, I think, says that it's like her secret single behavior to read like gossip magazines. I think it's Miranda. Or Miranda. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. But you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carrie was fashion magazines yes. while she was eating crackers with jam yes. or something like that. Yes. But yes, Miranda's is like gossip magazine. So it's like this this thing that's seen as shameful or mm-hmm. this thing that's seen as like an indulgence mm-hmm. when really it's just kind of something that's necessary and happens in our everyday lives. Yeah. Or like maybe it's fun. Maybe it's escapist. Like, OK, I have to plug. It's no longer a thing. I think it's like transforming because of other things and gossip that happen behind the scenes but during the height of the pandemic I couldn't listen to a lot of my regular podcasts because they were just too fucking real and I was like Mm -hmm. I need to escape I need to like listen to something else so I found this other podcast called Dunzo and I love it I loved the host he just like took deep 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 fucking dives into like celebrity relationships and celebrity lives and such like it was such an excellent fucking storyteller and I, I was just like yes this is the escape that I need mm-hmm. I need to just like listen to a podcast about like two celebrities that like I don't know I I don't really care a whole lot about but I just yeah like there is a purpose to it and that there's like some value in finding things that like help you escape from like your everyday life that are like ultimately ultimately can be harmless as long as you don't like I don't know go log online and be like I'm gonna send death threats or something to the celebrity <laughs> like that's not not so good <laughs> yeah and I mean there's value in entertainment yeah and just to go back to the sports example that's just another form of entertainment exactly yeah, no, I, well, okay, so we're talking a lot about gossip, that, that is what we're talking about today, and we actually have a different episode structure because, um, there's a lot of gossip about the show Sex in the City, and there's, there's lots of deep dives, we're not gonna go, I mean, this isn't comprehensive, we're, we're not gonna talk for two hours about, like, the ins and outs behind the scenes, um, 
but it is really interesting like how much the gossip of the main characters behind the scenes of the show is also part of the show's lore right like when people talk about the show now what often gets brought up in conversation is like oh the feud between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall obviously like you know Kim Cattrall is no longer a part of the show in its current iteration but um yeah like that's an equal equal part of it so today we're going to be talking about one episode like I mentioned uh, critical condition from season five um we'll have a couple digressions about other points during the show where you know gossip kind of comes up or this idea of like information sharing and um kind of how the characters deal with it and then yeah we're gonna talk about some of the the behind the scenes gossip behind the show that we've heard of over the years or uh I don't know I've just seemingly absorbed and I have a <laughs> an insane filing system for in my head and we're also going to talk about the end just like that season two trailer because at the time of recording this was dropped we're starting to see a few stills from the show uh, get released and yeah we'll we'll kind of talk about that because it's gonna be released very shortly yeah are you excited I am excited and apprehensive because mm-hmm. the first season was just like mm-hmm you had so much and you didn't quite make it fully work Mm -hmm. I feel like that's uh, after some time of like processing and I didn't not like it love would be too strong (laughs) for sure it's we definitely don't have the same feelings towards it yeah that we had towards the original show yeah I have been seeing in news and on social media posts and stuff that uh, there are like promises that season two will return or not return but mm-hmm. like will kind of follow a more classic quote unquote sex in the city format mm. um, I was actually reading an article today about um, basically how this <laughs> how season one event just like that was so dark and it feels like winter and this is going to be the spring mm. this is going to be like the we're going to return to the fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, I guess, that that'll be true. But I did also see some stills of Miranda and Che. <laughs> like, <sighs> if, if you're, like, writers, oh, my gosh, like, putting this out into the ether. I know the show's mostly already written. Well, it's all, up, no, it's all shot, probably. But um, please, like, if anything, that has to be, like, a big and carry relationship. Like... Not, like, the constant tug and, and pull, but, like, don't tell me that this is completely working between the two of them. <laughs> like, don't tell me that. Like, give me some kind of, I don't know, give me something more than Miranda dumping Steve and then suddenly living a, a happy life with Che. Like, Yeah. I and I something. think they will. I think yeah. they will. I, I so. have hopes. And I think people are hopeful from what I've been seeing online that they're, like, we've been watching the teaser trailer and like I think that people are feeling good Mm -hmm. I mean because and just like that like when it first was announced like people we want to see them back on our screens yeah and everyone's really excited about that and even though the first season was such a flop I I will say it was a flop I didn't like it I even considered rewatching it before the new season came out and I'm and I was like you know what I don't want to I didn't like it (laughs) kind of uncomfortable <laughs> a little uncomfortable <laughs> like so so cringy like the the tendon in my neck was like fully out 
fully popped. <laughs> fully, fully tongue popped. Yeah. Um, and one thing we'll also just mention as well is this is our last episode for season two of our podcast. I keep saying <laughs> this is our last episode and people are like, oh, what? And I'm like, no, no just, just for the season. Yes. So yes, this is our season finale. Yes. We feel as though it's appropriately timed yeah. with, and just like that coming out in about a month. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we say it at the end of every episode, but thank you listeners. We're so happy you're here yeah. and with us on this journey. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. being here. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to us. I was going to say gossip, but I don't really think we we gossip a whole lot. We mostly just talk about our lives and our experiences. Well, that's actually an interesting point. Because, like, when you talk about a television show, is that gossip? Not really, I guess. Because they're fictional. Yeah. I feel like if we were talking more so about, like, the actors, like, in the show, maybe mm. that would hear a little more gossipy. So I guess we're going to go there today. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're getting there. We'll strap in. <laughs> we're we're going to get started here. So we'll start, I'll start by, um, by just giving a, a little bit of a rundown from the episode that we're talking about. So season, season five, episode six, Critical Condition, Carrie runs into Nina Katz who dated Aiden after Carrie and has some opinions about how that relationship impacted him. Carrie also receives a rave New York Times review for her book, uh, but overanalyzes it to Helen Beck and also is casually racist in the process. Mashiko oh. Kakatani, mm-hmm. not that hard to pronounce. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha provides necessary electronic massage and vibrator education to her community. <laughs> Of women at Sharper Image. <laughs> and babysits a screaming bra- baby Brady. Oh, I thought I had written Brady Brady. <laughs> I mean, might as well have. That's my favorite conspiracy theory is that his name after Miranda Mary Steve is Brady Brady. Or at least Brady Hobbs Brady. I feel like I'm the only one giving light to this. No. It's what is your name? <laughs> no, I've seen it be talked about. Okay, I good. have seen this in the discourse on social media. I e- I think I was talking about this. Anyways, I'll cut that, but we'll continue. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's good. I, I feel validated um, <laughs> in my assumptions. Uh, Miranda struggles with Brady and gets a haircut. And Charlotte lawyers up in her divorce and beats Bunny McDougal for her swanky Fifth Avenue apartment. Thanks to that telegram all the way from Scotland. Mother, Stop. <laughs> seriously stop (laughs) i i just love to think of the writers thinking they're so clever with that telegram and it just comes off as really cheesy it's okay also telegram what like (laughs) i remember watching that as like a 16 year old and being like huh I guess you could fax. Like, isn't faxing, like, the, like, later iteration of a telegram? But, like, even surely email existed at this time. Oh, it 100% did. <laughs> Carrie gets an AOL in season four. By season five, Charlotte is shopping on Amazon. These people absolutely had emails. Yeah. No, that's, it's, it's so weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess it was for the joke. I have to. I have to believe it was absolutely for the joke. Um, I don't know. I guess they were like emphasizing the traditional 
family values at the McDougal's. I don't fucking know. It was weird. But you know what? It was there. Fine. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> Telegram from Scotland. And I guess that actually before we get into the episode, I want to, there's a couple moments from other points of the show that I thought were really interesting in how they handled gossip. So one is from season six, episode 11, Boy Interrupted. And this is when Anthony very much spreads malicious gossip about Marcus, um, mm. who used to be a male escort. Anthony discovers that in a back issue of Honcho. And I just, like, have a very vivid memory of all the girls at the Soho House pool. And, like, it's a, an episode kind of loosely themed around high school. So they very much act, like, in that high school way of, like, uh, Charlotte told me, like, and mm-hmm. Miranda told me. And, like, oh, I didn't want to. But, like, Anthony said this. And I know it's not true. Like, it's very, uh, you did the thing. And mm-hmm. the person found out about it and, like, mm-hmm. you're trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think about that moment from the show? Um, what do I think about it? I, Anthony was just being – I think, okay, I think gossip, too, sometimes, like, especially malicious gossip can come out or come from a point of, like, jealousy mm, a little bit. Totally. Um, I mean, obviously, Anthony was, like – clearly very jealous of like Marcus and and Stanford's relationship and yeah I I mean I think it's it's good (laughs) it's good it I think it does speak true to Anthony's character absolutely like it it's really you know by that point we kind of know Anthony um as this sort of like rude little bitch and (laughs) it just kind of uh reinforces that I think actually that's such a good thing to point out because now really thinking about even his character, there's so many like little jabs and stuff that he like just laces into like conversation with Charlotte. Like he'll just casually like, I don't know, roast someone or like gossip about somebody like in in the span of a sentence. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is really interesting. It is very fitting for his character. And I think that that was probably one of the most malicious examples of gossip that we that we saw on the show because it was only to hurt Stanford totally um another uh, moment that I want to talk about and this is I think over the course of a few episodes but um I just thought it was really interesting and kind of almost the reverse of that because I thought of when Carrie starts to share about her having her affair with Big Mm -hmm. and I just like I thought this was really interesting like the pattern of who she tells and their responses so first, you know, Carrie's having her affair with Big in season three, and she opens up to Samantha, and she says Samantha, or she says to Samantha, please don't tell Miranda and Charlotte, and Sam just says, okay, leaves it at that, mm-hmm. and then Carrie's like, don't you want to judge me just a little bit, and Samantha says, not my style. Like, I just, I love that. Like, that is absolutely the kind of, like, rock-solid person that you would tell something big and heavy like that. And the fact that Sam just says, like, okay, Mm -hmm. I won't tell anybody else. Like, Mm -hmm. safe. Safe with me. Yeah. That's really cool. And I think it's interesting you brought up, like, the pattern Mm. of gossip because that's actually something that's so important because it becomes a a trail. Yeah. You know, of course, it starts, like, from one person and ends up with another. And usually a little bit of telephone happens, which is why. Mm-hmm. we end up with some of the rumors that we end up but yeah she tells samantha first mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, I, I think it's just a really special moment of friendship. I've definitely had these moments with my friends, um, not like to specifically like exclude anyone, but mm-hmm. just where it's like, please don't tell this person or please don't. <laughs> One thing um, I've talked about this with some of my friends before is like, if I tell you something personal, mm. I know you're going to tell your partner. Mm. Like I, I operate under that assumption yeah. that you will tell your partner. Yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing. It's just, you know, you go home and you talk to your partner about your life and your friends and whatnot. Yeah. But, but I mean, we've had also had the conversation of, if I'm like, please don't tell X. Yeah. Or not X as in X partner, but like, <laughs> please don't tell your ex. Please, please also don't tell your ex because <laughs> that would be weird. They probably don't care. <laughs> but yeah, just like, you know, I operate under that assumption. Um, and same kind of in this situation, too. Mm. I feel like with a group of close friends, um, sometimes stuff comes out. And I think it's because like. And I think I think it's because, you know, that that person would tell you. Mm. So like, has, has this ever happened to you where like a close friend will mm. tell me something about another close friend mm. who's like within that group? Mm-hmm. And then I might go and tell another close friend and Mm -hmm. it's not and I literally will like preface it with the only reason I'm telling you this is because I know they would tell you too Mm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. has have you ever done that has that ever happened to you (laughs) or is that just a me thing no 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 that's definitely happened yeah Yeah. for sure so I feel like I don't know I kind of went on a tangent there but I do feel like this is a really special like please don't tell Miranda and Charlotte she was explicit in what she needed and how she was going to start to reveal this information Mm -hmm. and share this information because obviously Carrie I like or I mean at least I have a strong inclination that she knows she will tell them yeah um and she knows it will come out yeah eventually um but she's like this is not the time for it to come out and, yes. Sam, and Sam, of course, shows her strength in her relationship with Carrie and says, all right, I won't. And she doesn't. And that's actually su- like, OK, thinking about this like even more now, that's really interesting for Samantha specifically because her whole career is PR. That's true. Like. Well, but that's she's such a good, good at it. Yeah. And she that's why she's good at it. And I think mm-hmm. that that comes up in an episode somewhere where you know, somebody's talking about a celebrity, like, going through something, and one of the girls is like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't hear about that, and Samantha's like, yeah, that's because I'm good at my job, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. very good character choice on part of the writers. And yeah. I don't know, <laughs> that also just made me, or reminded me of when there is the gossip that uh, Smith is gay. Yes. Oh, that's such a good moment, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she just kind of like, well, I guess, no, she gets a little upset. <laughs> she, she does eventually, but, uh, like, at first, very much, like, you know, water off a duck's back. Like, this is good. It means the industry is talking about you until mm-hmm. the gossip starts to hurt her. And actually, I love that you bring that up so much because that really just, like, also shows the trajectory of how gossip can start in mm-hmm. a very like maybe seemingly innocent way information sharing it's entertainment it's fun and if you're not careful that it'll hurt it'll come back and it'll hurt or it'll take on a different shape and that will be much more harmful than how it started like it can just it can be a really fine line to walk for sure 
absolutely but yeah that's such a that's such a good moment um i also just want to highlight to you um because carrie when she is disclosing her affair and i guess this is very much an example of like how gossip like how it could kind of snowball in that way and it doesn't but when carrie tells charlotte and she kind of accidentally runs into charlotte um Mm -hmm. out on the street this is the last of her core friends that that kind of knows and charlotte says like well that makes you the other woman carrie says i'm not the other woman i'm not i mean i know i am but i'm not that woman please charlotte i feel bad enough already and charlotte says good you should feel bad do you ever think about how she feel if she found out and she was natasha carrie says i think about it all the time and charlotte says no you don't you think about what would happen to you if she found out you don't think about her she's just the idiot wife and you don't know anything about her and i love that line so much because like everybody else is being a really good friend to carrie Mm -hmm. but what charlotte says is really fucking true and like carrie's not necessarily gossiping when she's like out having an affair with natasha Mm -hmm. but like that I think that's a part of gossip too, right? Especially like gossip with um, malintent is that sometimes you're sharing information or, you know, you think it's fun, whatever, and you're not actually thinking about how that could hurt a person mm-hmm. if they did find out. Mm-hmm. And I love Charlotte for this moment. I feel like the first time I watched it, I was like, Charlotte, why can't you just support Carrie? But like watching it again, I'm like, no, you actually fucking need that kind of friend in your life to like tell you when you're being a bit of an asshat. <laughs> and like, this is the Charlotte revolution that I've been having. Yeah. I feel like we were talking about it last episode, but I feel like every time I rewatch the series, I'm like, Charlotte has some really good points. Mm-hmm. She says some really intelligent things, and she's actually like a really. It, it's so interesting because like of course these are the main characters and of course you're supposed to sympathize and empathize with them and they're the good guys yeah and you know natasha is the bad guy but you know natasha is a person yes. with friends who met somebody and fell in love with them and married them and is now facing the repercussions of that mm-hmm. like i think that obviously that's not who the show is about but i i think that because Carrie in this situation is tech, not technically, but like seems like the one who would be gossiped about. Like yeah. she's the one who had the affair. Like she's yeah. the one who ruined the marriage. And I think it's interesting that they actually do, like Charlotte points that out to her. Yes. It's, it's necessary and it's important because, yeah, Natasha is the one who's getting hurt. Yeah. And who, like, even when Carrie, <laughs> once again, stalks Natasha mm-hmm. to, to lunch. And she kind of sees this woman, this, like, single woman who's, like, having to, like, rebuild her life again. Yeah. You know, it's like, we don't get to see that. And and I'm glad we sort of see the, like, repercussions of this, like, pain that Carrie has caused her. Yes. Yeah. A great Charlotte moment. A really, a really underrated Charlotte moment, for mm-hmm. sure. And, yeah, for all of the, I don't know, Pollyanna, like too sweet waspy like flack that her character gets like she does have a really strong set of morals i don't know and that's good well and like you need a friend like that i think it's one thing to have friends who will always tell you when you're doing well yeah or like when you're doing good things it's another to have a friend kind of be like maybe you should take a step back and think about it yeah because i think that people 
and like this is what I would expect or like hope from my friends is that if I'm doing something that is wrong or mm-hmm. hurting somebody I would want somebody to tell me yeah but I think I mean Carrie obviously doesn't want that <laughs> Clearly not. She doesn't even want a rave review from the New York Times. <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> Does Mashiko Kakatani think that I think that men are disposable? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love the phone calls and everyone's like, Carrie, I don't have time to talk about this. I, I love it. I have a screaming baby on my hands. Yes. So like, I fell asleep while I'm talking to you. I just like, that's the like sort of, gossip that I think is like sort of trivial Mm -hmm. and like not or it wasn't the appropriate moment to be like pushing for it (laughs) definitely definitely actually okay this is very much an aside but kind of related I saw a tiktok recently of just like this person walking down the street and they're like oh I was talking to my friend about something and they said to me like oh have you talked to your therapist about this Mm -hmm. and I was like therapist you mean my gossip doctor (laughs) (laughs) we all need gossip doctors (laughs) wow I love that I mean therapists must just hear the hottest tea I bet (laughs) I freaking bet you know what I don't want to be in that position I don't want to be the holder of all that knowledge. No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. It's too powerful for me. It's too much. I'm definitely at a point now where I'm like, I I do like to know things, but I don't need to know everything. I'm okay not knowing everything. Yeah. That's fair. About other people. I mean. I like it if it's total strangers. Mm. Like people I know nothing about. Yeah. Or like a friend of a friend. I heard it from a friend of a friend of mine. Like then I like it. But when it starts to come like hit too close to home, I'm like, okay, maybe we're being a little mean. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. That's why I like celebrity gossip. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So let's get back to the episode uh, with Nina Katz. So we kind of see... um, this idea of gossiping about somebody after they've broken up with somebody else. So mm. we see this with Carrie, Aiden, Nina, Steve. Like, it's pretty clear that there have been conversations, you know, happening probably about Carrie um, or Carrie's been involved in some way, shape, or form um, after a relationship. Have you ever been in that situation where there's, like, Lots of gossiping about somebody like maybe post breakup or yeah, just maybe like more more talk about like the ex or somebody who was recently dumped or something like that. I can't think of anything specifically, but I <laughs> do think about like the Aiden and Steve thing, and I've talked about this on the podcast, but the mm-hmm. Aiden and Steve thing happened to me. Where t- Right. Oh yes. okay, not to the same extent, but I had two exes become friends (laughs) after I think I broke up with both of them, but now I forget. It was high school. Who Mm -hmm. cares? Um, Also, who cares anyways? Who broke up with who? That's like a weird thing that people become obsessed with. But yes. um, Anyways, I like the Aiden and Steve situation. It's just so funny because it's like obviously you became friends because we (laughs) – I used to date both of you. Mm. 
Um, but specifically an ex post breakup. I don't know. A lot of my really good friends have been in their relationships like for as long as I've been friends with them. Mm -hmm. So I can't think of anything specific. I can definitely think of when I first started dating my first um, boyfriend. Uh, I should have heeded some warnings. Mm. As yes, as we all should have yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Yes, but I think that's really like I even after a breakup, I feel like there's kind of when you go to your friends and you're kind of like, you know, I just got broken up with. I feel like there sometimes can be the inclination to really vilify the person that I don't know, either dumped you or was dumped by you, just like the other person, like the person that's that that you're not like comforting or, or supporting in that moment. I think it's really interesting to think about gossip in that way of like or not even just gossip but yeah just like really talking ill about somebody to kind of make another person feel better and I feel sometimes mm. gossip can take that shape of like the reason why I'm sharing this information or I'm talking about this person or this situation in a particular way is because I want to feel better about myself or I want this other person that I'm talking to to feel better about themselves or mm -hmm. You know, kind of what you were saying about, like, coming from that place of insecurity. Mm -hmm. Well, we even see this, like, when Carrie is, like, comparing herself to Natasha mm -hmm. in that episode. I think we yeah. talked about when we talked about, like, self-perception. And, um, yeah, just kind of, like, using using gossip as a tool, like, a malicious thing to, like, tear somebody down yeah. just to make you feel better. Totally. Um, yeah, or, like, making a face at them. <laughs> There was a lot of analysis about that face. However, the face was pretty, I feel like that was pretty clearly passing judgment. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 No, she was passing judgment. There was noise in that oh, face. Yeah. That face made noise. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was, that was definitely some malicious gossip going on. Yes. And to, in this episode, like, this is not a, prominent or as prominent a part obviously as Carrie's arc but even Charlotte versus Bunny like I wonder if there was kind of a similar situation of like Charlotte worrying about like what was Trey saying to Bunny about me like mm -hmm. how is Trey talking about our marriage and you know what does Bunny like think about me and like what does Bunny know about me versus like what Trey like shared and that kind of thing but I think a really big part of this episode is really worrying about what other people are saying about you and really letting that get into your head and like overanalyzing it and just like, yeah, I don't know. I've really been there. I'm there all the time. <laughs> Always worried. Um, I'm very just like anxious about, about that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. That's like it. Like, on the flip side of it, like, you're not, um, maybe you're not, like, the the person spreading or sharing gossip, but, like, just thinking about, like, what if people are talking about me? Like, the what if of it all. Yeah, and it's, it's that's a really interesting point, because it's, like, it's not even necessarily the gossip itself. Mm -hmm. It's, like, what you think they're talking about, which yeah. we very much see in this episode with, like, Nina Katz. Like, obviously, Nina Katz got information from Aiden about his ex mm -hmm. that was really smearing information mm -hmm. like my ex cheated on me with 
and had an affair with her ex mm-hmm. like that's you know if somebody told me that I would have a negative opinion of that absolutely for sure um and kind of as I was saying earlier I'm sure Nina told some people oh, yeah. I, of course she did yeah. of course she did but I I still have a hard time believing she was like blabbing to every single person to Sir Ian McKellen to Gwyneth Paul I mean obviously that wouldn't happen anyways but like I actually read this um reddit comment Mm -hmm. like years and years and years ago Mm -hmm. I must have been like 19 so like 12 years ago just aged myself (sighs) wow that's wild um but anyways I read this reddit comment once that has stuck with me and it was you'd care less about what people thought of you if you realized how little they did yeah and I think that's the thing with gossip is like uh, okay obvious as I was saying obviously Nina Katz is talking about her but Carrie sort of like takes that and runs with it and she takes that and turns it into this like huge thing everybody's talking about me Gwyneth Paltrow is gonna know and like blah 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 and it turns like gossip becomes less about the words themselves that are being shared yeah um and just more about like the fear of what could possibly be said about you and that you know Carrie has her amazing realization at the end it's like oh it doesn't really matter like Mm -hmm it's all about my self-perception um but yeah not all of us can come to that conclusion or through that journey so quickly yeah just very very rapid yeah (laughs) that that makes me think of an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer um which I know that you you haven't watched right I need to watch it I know it's necessary viewing and I know I would like it I need to watch it. I know. I know. <laughs> but there's this episode where, and I'll never forget this because it really just did such a good job of illustrating what you just said of like, if you actually knew how little people think about you, you wouldn't be so worried about it. There's this episode where Buffy gets like the power to hear other people's thoughts and she goes mm. to school, to high school, and she's listening to everybody's thoughts and like it was just such a powerful moment of like everybody's so concerned about themselves yeah like really no except for well it was a school shooting episode so there was there was one person that was gonna cause harm to other people and she tuned into that thought real quick but um yeah it was like I always just think about that like when I think about that sentiment Mm -hmm. like yeah most people are just concerned about themselves, about getting through the day, about what's immediately on their plate. There's usually far little brain space that people are devoting to to other people. I mean, they're probably consumed with their own fears about yeah. what other people are saying about yes. them. <laughs> it's just a vicious cycle. Exactly. Being in this human skin, just trying to get through the day. <laughs> My flesh bucket. Yeah. <laughs> so i'm kind of curious thinking about this episode and we'll we'll move into talking about behind the scenes uh shortly here but how do we think this episode would be different with social media Mm, interesting because i feel like the like gossip can like if it can run a marathon just like between people like it can fucking sprint like across countries on social media well 
sorry, I just, <laughs> I had so many thoughts fly into my brain. Because if we're going to talk about social media, then we have to think about like what Carrie's presence would be on social media. Mm-hmm. And we are led to believe in Sex in the City that Carrie can't use a cell phone mm-hmm. and that Carrie can't do anything with new technology. Mm-hmm. So the fact that in and just like that, she has an Instagram account that has amassed many, many followers or whatever mm-hmm. is kind of hard for me to believe. But whatever. I totally think, though, that Nina Katz would create an alt account and wreck her. <laughs> would Nina Katz be the Dumois? <laughs> Katz moi? Katz moi. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but, right? Like, can you imagine, like, okay, alternate reality. Carrie doesn't actually physically run into Nina Katz, but she's, like, browsing social media. Mm. And she comes across this post, maybe, like, semi-written anonymously, but she knows that it's about her and Aiden. Mm-hmm. And it's being shared by a bunch of people. People are commenting on it left, right, and center. Some people are speculating that it's her, like... I would I be see that happening. destroyed. Oh that. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So harm like that's the thing that just and I know that like I have partially like grown up with social media to some extent, but like it never ceases to blow my mind just how fucking harmful it can be so quick. Mm-hmm. Like the rate that I don't know. People just sharing misinformation, people sharing comments or like, you know, message it. I don't know. It it gets really harmful really quick and how bold people feel when they're not face to face with the person and they can just like comment. Well, even thinking about <laughs> how bold Carrie is to like face Nina. That is pretty person. bold. Yeah. So that almost makes me question what Carrie could do behind a social media behind an Instagram account well I guess we saw it in just like that the first season she fucking stalked Natasha on Instagram mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I yeah I mean I think she would obvi- obviously be hurt because that would be a very hurtful situation mm-hmm. um, but she would find them <laughs> she would, find, she would them. find them and she would follow them <laughs> oh my gosh I'm imagining like a taken crossover with <laughs> sex in the city Oh my gosh. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> That's Carrie though. She's or like stalked. Carrie is John Wick. Like <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Coming for you. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the behind the scenes gossip uh, from the show with the actors. I'll start with one that I think a lot of people know in some way, shape or form, or at least have like observed this on the show. But Sarah Jessica Parker had a very explicit no nudity clause in her Sex and the City contract. And I was reading some some articles about this and apparently there is a lot of times on the show where she was pressured to break that clause and she Mm. didn't she held really firm to it but every other actor has like set like experiences some sort of like nude scene or whatever some more than others 
Um, so I've read that there's been like that also contributed to some of the tension that was behind the scenes between the four core actors. Um, she had a very, yeah, very explicit no nudity clause, and that was different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, she she had power, yeah. like even with her salary and stuff. Like I don't know if we're gonna talk about that, but oh, absolutely, she did. <laughs> But yeah, she had a lot of power, and I could see how that could stir up some conversations, a bit of resentment. It does seem it it does seem odd. I can understand why an actor would not want to be nude. Yeah, of course. Like I I can completely understand that, but at the same time, <laughs> it's called Sex and City. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So another interesting thing because. Carrie is uh, Carrie Bradshaw is kind of like a pseudonym for Candace Bushnell, mm-hmm. who wrote the original Sex and the City, wrote the original column um, about her life around New York. And I was listening to an interview with Candace on the Every Outfit podcast, which I'm just gonna plug a bunch of podcasts today. I guess I I mean I guess we plugged them before, but yeah, anyway. we love them. We do. That's okay. I was listening to an interview and she was describing like, you know, her youth and the days where, you know, she would have been writing the column and just writing columns in general. And she was very fucking sexually active. Like she was doing, she was doing lots of shit. And I think it's really interesting. Like Sarah Jessica Parker immediately had like a no nudity clause in her contract. And then we see this kind of shift in her character towards like less overt like sexual uh anthropology as she kind of says in the first episode and shift more towards like relationships and love and like we even see this in and just like that like your friends are the ones that are always going to be there for you like lots of little sound bites like that that are very like sweet like overly sweet almost yeah definitely like less raunchy i was actually reading a reddit that thread recently that was talking about because like i feel like a lot of people and we were talking about this again with the book episode Mm -hmm. how season one is like pretty much like exactly the same as the book yeah and like season one and two like you kind of see this huge shift and like you were saying from like to more of a like sweet sugary like lovey perspective Mm -hmm. And yeah, anyway, sorry, I was reading this Reddit thread and I feel like that's kind of universally hated. Like a lot of mm. people talk about how they don't like season one and, mm. and what's with the talking heads and like that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. people, it was an interesting Reddit thread because they were like, I actually really like that because it is more true to the column yeah. and it's more true to the character of Carrie Bradshaw that she was a little like raunchier and yeah. she was a little more like, like sort of had a drier sense of humor and mm-hmm. like... I don't know. I, I I think I kind of, like, agree. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of one of those things. It's, like, where they're, she's constantly, like, saying that mm. she's a sex columnist. But, like, where is the showing? Yeah. There's no showing. It's all telling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I think that, like, the more that I think about it, like, okay, well, there, there's two thoughts that I have. Carrie is very much a character. Like, I'm a... Mythological (laughs) character. (laughs) She is (laughs) a work of fiction. Yes. Inspired by a real person. Yes. 
but it is really interesting like how closely people associate the two when they hear like oh sex in the city was based on a book by candace bushnell candace bushnell must be carrie bradshaw yeah and like in some ways yeah but like the character is actually very far removed from even what we see in the book like Mm -hmm. and becomes very far removed from a person on the show and one thing that I thought was just so interesting to think about that Candace mentioned in this interview that I listened to was that she thinks that as the show went on, the characters became more like the actors portraying them. Mm-hmm. So like in Just Like That, Miranda is becoming much more like Cynthia Nixon. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker or Carrie Bradshaw became more like Sarah Jessica Parker. And so I think like, yeah, maybe it started, it's very inspired by, like, Candace Bushnell, whatever, but then the character of Carrie Bradshaw actually became much closer to SJP. Hmm. That's a really interesting theory. Right? And then, I bidding with this theory, I also read that the character of Charlotte was actually very, very, very heavily based on Kristen Davis, mm. who, like... I don't I can't remember if she like didn't exactly want to do the show or she was really hesitant about it because it was so like graphic and you know kind of like more in your face about about sex and she was very like reticent to do that and then fitting with the book as well the character Charlotte in the book is dramatically different than Mm -hmm. Charlotte in the show and I wonder yeah how much of that was inspired by Kristen Davis that's a great theory (laughs) i think it makes a lot of sense (laughs) yes yeah it it, like i'm gonna be i think watching the second season of in just like that will definitely be a little bit more attuned to that Mm -hmm. because that to me just makes a lot of sense with how the characters evolved too and also just how I think in Just Like That, like, one of its missteps is that a lot of the characters don't feel like the original characters. They, and they don't have a lot from the original characters mm-hmm. present in their spirit, I guess. Like, the way that they, like, embody themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, even Carrie being confronted by Che in, like, the hallway outside of recording, like, their podcast... Che's like, you're going to step your pussy up. And Carrie's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, just very timid and, like, very demure. And I, like, I know we talked about this a lot when we talked about it. And just like that, like, people change and that's totally cool. But, like, it is really interesting to think, like, yeah, how much of, like, the original characters from season one are in these characters, like, years and years and years down the road? Mm-hmm. Because I would think that there would be some kind of tie, that it wouldn't be, like, so night and day. It wouldn't feel so distant. Yeah. Do you think that happens often with, like, long-running TV shows? I think it does. I think it does because there's, like, that – well, yeah. No, I, I absolutely think it does. There's that fusion of the actor to the character, and I'm not an actor, but I don't know. You, you play, like, a – a well-known character for so long like maybe yeah like they're just there be the the boundary is blurred and i imagine it's probably different well i was gonna say it's probably different for like movies and stuff because that's just like a one-off but when i think of marvel and there's (laughs) so many of them (laughs) so many like is chris hemsworth just oh my god i was gonna say whore now (laughs) 
That's gossip. <laughs> Is Chris... Thor now? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, it's... <laughs> We're spreading rumors over here about... <laughs> Not even a whore, just... <laughs> it's, it's Chris Hemsworth, whore. <laughs> We could never have a gossip call. <laughs> oh I think we're just cutting unnecessary words out. <laughs> Get straight to the juicy tea. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Oh my tummy hurts. Oh, but yes, okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he is Thor. But I see what you're saying. Like, okay, with Carrie and Miranda and Charlotte and Samantha, like, obviously, they have acted in other things, some more than others. But Sarah Jessica Parker is Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Like, that's how people know her. Yeah. That's who she is. And same with Kim Cattrall. Like, she has had some roles and things, but she is Samantha Jones. Yeah. Cynthia Nixon, same thing. Charlotte, I don't even know what... I don't... What does she do? The Shaggy Dog, starring Tim Allen. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this? She's in that? Yeah. <laughs> this is the only other film that I know that she's in. Was, I think it's 2006. Disney's The Shaggy Dog. And it's haunting because Tim Allen becomes... It's like Freaky Friday, but Tim <laughs> Allen becomes a dog. <laughs> And it's a very shaky dog, but the poster for it has his human eyes. And it's what the? I need to watch this movie. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab a picture for you. I yeah, I need I need to watch it. Is she like his wife or something? Yes, yeah, she's definitely the wife. Okay, Tim Allen, shaky dog. Shannon is pulling it up for me right now. <laughs> oh, God. It's haunting. Oh, God. How do I make this bigger? I do love a Freaky Friday moment. And I love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is such a small picture. I can't make it bigger, but... <laughs> God, what the fuck? It's haunting. It's so haunting. I need to watch this movie. I'm watching it immediately. <laughs> it has his human eyes. It's literally like an old English sheepdog, but it has human eyes. It's horrifying. I, I encourage you all to go look at it. The tagline is raise the wolf. Oh my God. I feel like I'm going to love it. It's okay if you don't. <laughs> Anyway, uh, digressions. Um, That's okay. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the biggest piece of gossip. Yes. 
which is very infamously rumored and partially confirmed, uh, there was enormous tension between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and by extension, Michael Patrick King, who was who became one of the main showrunners um, on the show. But yeah, there's just like a lot of rumors around this. Rumors that Kim Cattrall felt like the other three main castmates, um, so Cynthia, Kristen, and, and Sarah Jessica Parker, were closer with one another, and they kind of mean-girled her to, to feel left out. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't happy, rumors were, with her character's story arc, and especially wasn't happy with the rumored Sex in the City 3 film plot, uh, which involved her sending a nude pic to Brady. Brady Hobbs Brady. I know. It's not cute. He was so, like, very much. Al- so the rumor is that, and just like that, the first season was very much a repackaged Sex in the City 3 plot mm-hmm. for, you know, television arc. So Brady was supposed to be, like, this horn dog, like, super, super, like, sexual, like, um, in all ways, shapes, and form, and, uh, yeah, Samantha was, uh, supposed to engage in some photo sharing with him. Um, Kim Cattrall also wasn't happy with how much she was getting paid compared to Sarah Jessica Parker, which mm-hmm. I think is fair, because she carried the show. Yeah, she stole the scenes. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, like, very infamously, the third film didn't happen because Kim refused to come back. Um, she also went to the producers or I can't remember if it exactly was the producers or HBO. Um, but she requested pretty much that like, okay, if I sign on to this third film, I want three of my projects greenlit. Like I want, I want like two films or like a show or something like that. And they said no. And she was like, okay, then I'm not doing this. And then there are also some rumors about a divide among the cast. So there's rumors that Michael Patrick King is a lot closer with Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia and Kristen. They're all doing In Just Like That together. And then Darren Starr, who is the original producer and the original person who bought the rights from Candace Bushnell to make the show, is closer with Candace, closer with Patricia Fields, who is the costumer for the show, and Kim Cattrall. So there's yeah there's there's a lot going on here. Have what have you read about this feud or tension between Kim and and Sarah Jessica Parker? I mean pretty much just that. I think it makes sense. I mean, I don't know. I I'm fully supportive of Kim mm-hmm. <laughs> in this situation and I I feel like I've also seen like that she was she did a lot Oh my god, what's that called? when you know like when she had like the chemical burn and stuff what's the, mm. what's that comedy called it's like like phys- like physical, like physical yeah, comedy yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so she had a lot of like that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. like yeah i i don't know i can just see how she would be upset there's also like a lot of back and forth like with kim cattrall being interviewed by was it pierce morgan or something i don't know i don't mm. really follow but they they kind of just kept saying things about each other Mm. that seemed like lies and then oh I also saw (laughs) I'm just remembering like random little tidbits but Mm -hmm. um when Kim's brother died when they like had found him 
dead in his home and she was obviously like grieving and going through a really difficult time with her family and Mm. Sarah Jessica Parker made this like very public tweet or something about it to say like that she extended her condolences and blah 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 Mm. and Kim actually responded with like you don't care but like basically like you don't care about me and my family like don't use this to like to like reinforce your like nice girl image or whatever mm. so she was very very cold and she received that like very very negatively mm-hmm. which again i could still see i don't know i i mean i guess it's the whole thing of like having a hard time detaching the actor from the character because like in reality i don't know the truth and i don't yeah. know kim control as a person and i don't know what actually happened yeah. but i am tending to side with her mm-hmm. primarily because of my relationship or my parasocial relationship to Samantha, mm. like how I feel about her. Yeah. But yeah, just like a, a couple of weird things. I think like the uh, obviously like the things, the things that you mentioned have been like pretty much confirmed, like the mm-hmm. pay and everything. And I think those are like big things that I value and like stand behind. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. It is really interesting to think about like how we form opinions too about people based on their connections to a character and based Mm -hmm. on like even just the way that the narrative is told like through headlines because yeah like I would absolutely say that Sarah Jessica Parker has a nice girl image like Mm -hmm. I think that she probably puts in some effort to like making sure that happens like maybe that's also because of the characters that she has played or the way that she acts Mm-hmm. And I remember certain points, like, because this discourse has been going on for a long, long time. And I remember mm-hmm. at certain points, people were mad at Kim Cattrall for, like, not being on board to to yeah. do the third film. And I think I, people still are. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, not even being on board to do and just like that. Of like, well, mm-hmm. why, like, why couldn't you? Like, why, why won't you? And even just, like, painting her to be... The person who is wrong in that kind of tension when the reality is exactly what you said we don't know and like maybe everyone is wrong and everyone is right like it's so much more complicated than that but the way that gossip is often portrayed is that it is one-sided you don't you don't get all of the sides to like be able to form a full opinion of a person so as fun as like it can be to like indulge in it's also good to Mm -hmm. to remember that (laughs) it kind of reminds me of i don't know his name but the actor that played joffrey king joffrey in game of thrones oh yeah yeah and because i mean he was such a hated character Mm -hmm. like any for every good reason and he was an excellent actor Mm -hmm. he did an amazing job portraying that horrible evil terrible character but people in real life this is, like, the problem, like, people, like, the audience isn't able to, like, find that disconnect, but they'd, like, send him death threats, and, like, mm. if they saw him in the street, they'd, like, throw garbage at him, and, mm-hmm. like, all this stuff that I just have to wonder, I'm, like, it's just a show, mm-hmm. like, don't, I don't know, it's, it's actually pretty incredible how much we are able to feel a connection to these characters, mm-hmm. even though they're not real, mm-hmm. the magic of film and television, <laughs> am i 80 <laughs> chris hemsworth is whore chris hemsworth is whore 
<laughs> oh my Make god. Make you feel something. <laughs> um okay. So another thing that, that I've heard, um, Miranda in the first two seasons of the show is a little bit different than mm-hmm. obviously her character kind of turns out to be. And some people, so Patricia Field, who's the costumer for the show, she was dressing Miranda in a lot of suits, uh, kind of like bright red hair. There's some speculation that Patricia Field was kind of dressing Miranda like herself. Mm. And Patricia Field is, is a lesbian. And people, like the critique of Miranda's character, not necessarily from the audience, but from producers, was that she reads as too queer for the first two seasons and after that we kind of see like a little bit more of a push into like dressing more femininely and like I think it's no coincidence that in uh, season three I believe she does the inner goddess workshop (laughs) or wait no maybe that was season two maybe I'm confusing myself now but um yeah no so there's some speculation that like Pat Field was told to start dressing her in a more feminine way because, yeah, she seemed a little too queer for what they wanted from the character. So do you think in, and just like that, um, in Miranda exploring her queer identity, do you think it's like a callback to that? Mm. Or do you think it's more of a response? I think it's a couple of things. I think it, to me, hearing that is like a response to... I think a discourse that really grew from like people very firmly saying like Miranda is written as a queer character in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and the writers like picking up on that and going with that. And I think part of it too is actually Cynthia Nixon's Mm. own journey, which is, you know, not completely dissimilar. I believe she was married to, to a man for for a few years and then you know found her wife and is living like her her best like wonderful life but um from from what I've read and I could be I could be missing some information for sure but um yeah she also came out like a little bit later in life so I I, I can see elements of both and mm-hmm. I do hope that the writers were listening to like what people were saying about the character because yeah I mean they didn't have to do Steve so dirty, but <laughs> it, really it does didn't. make sense for her to, to be queer. It, it, it does fit with like, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I don't know, her character that was already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wish they did it a little bit differently. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. It is what it is now. Justice for Steve. Justice for Steve, indeed. <laughs> So the last kind of big piece of behind the scenes gossip is that there so there's tension between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. There's also rumored tension between Darren Starr and Michael Patrick King. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit before, and we really see a change in tone in the show. And this is not quite so out of step as when Michael Patrick King was brought on in a more prominent role and Darren Starr really started to take more and more and more of a backseat as the producer like person like writing and directing by the end of the show 
he said that he really had nothing to do with it. It was a very different vision from what he initially set out to to accomplish. Michael Patrick King kind of, you know, took the helm and the Sex in the City that I think most people are familiar with and what we really see in the later seasons of the show, the movies, that is very much stewarded by Michael Patrick King versus Darren Star. Because Darren Star's original vibe for the show was what the book was. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really, really interesting. I think this was a fairly recent, um, I don't know, interview or something where he said that he didn't agree with Carrie ending up with Big. Mm-hmm. And his whole vision was that after season two, they were done. Mm-hmm. They would never get back together. And I think that's just such an interesting parallel to think about. Like, what would that have been like? And even thinking back, like, now that, you know, we've, like, read the book and talked about it, like, Carrie didn't want to get married. Mm-mm. Like, was very disillusioned with marriage like very much like is that all there is so it is really interesting to hear you know about maybe some of the creative differences between like these two like producers on the show people that were also writing and directing a lot of episodes like very much like creatively behind the helm having these kind of differences and like how that does impact the show and it's so freaking interesting i love that you bring up like the reddit thread from earlier Because when you talk to people about, like, what's your favorite season? Mm -hmm. What season do you start your, you know, kind of Sex and the City rewatch? Usually not season one and usually not season two. Like, Mm -hmm. people love to jump in at season three and four. Those are usually the standout seasons. And I wonder if it's because they kind of hybridize, like, both of those creative visions the most before it started to really shift Mm -hmm. in tone. Yeah, it's sort of, like the disneyfying of it yeah like the romanticizing of it and i just i have to wonder like if michael patrick king hadn't taken on such a prominent role like if darren star continued to roll with it like would Mm -hmm. it be the popular show that it is today Mm -hmm. because like would it still have that wide appeal to a mass audience Mm -hmm. or would it still or would it just be the people talking in their cult reddit threads about how much they love yeah carrie bradshaw is this sort of like sarcastic like witty like sort of pessimistic character Mm because that's not who she ends up being Mm -hmm. so yeah I just wonder if it would like be as successful Mm -hmm. no it that is such a trip to think about because I think a lot of Michael Patrick King's vision at least from what I can speculate as a mere viewer um is very much that like big splashy like you said disneyfied like um or disneyfied romantic colorful big like very appealing thing for mainstream if that makes sense like there's so much of that vision to me that really gels with something that's popular like popular Mm -hmm. culture it's easy to like it's easy to watch easy to um to get into whereas darren star's vision was a little bit grittier a little bit like more sarcastic and uh, and darker, which I would just hazard a guess is maybe not uh, maybe not quite as as popular as catchy. <laughs> maybe nowadays, yes, but but back then, maybe not. That's not what such. I was literally just thinking. It was almost like we needed that little like darker, grittier beginning. Yeah. Um, 
but then the appeal mm-hmm. and the more romanticized version to like make it that sort of successful starting point like because i i mean we've talked about how sex and city has sort of like paved the way for shows like girls mm-hmm. and broad city to exist um and like many other shows about relationships and and those have become sort of like grittier throughout the years mm-hmm. i have never watched this show but everyone tells me to watch it fleabag oh yeah i that just comes to mind i like i said i haven't seen it but the impression i get is like it's a very she's a very like sarcastic and like mm-hmm. I, I i mean i'm not gonna say too much because i don't know but i know it's it's definitely like grittier yeah than and probably closer to the first few seasons of sex in the city mm-hmm. and like had it not had the success that it did like mm-hmm. maybe shows like that wouldn't i mean i don't know i'm just speculating but <laughs> I it sort of paved the way no totally and i think that's such an interesting thing to think about we don't necessarily have a lot of patience for a flawed feminine anti-hero type Mm -hmm. of character yeah and we see male characters like that all the fucking time Mm -hmm. and like heisenberg yeah like Mm -hmm. i I just rewatched breaking bad recently um (laughs) (laughs) but like we we have so much space and so much like air devoted to those types of male characters and so much acceptance for them and even Carrie is heavily maligned. Like, depending on who you talk to, Carrie's, like, the worst, a fucking bitch, a terrible friend. And, mm-hmm. like, even in the very, like, I would say pretty upbeat, like, trajectory that the show eventually took, like, people still have those issues with her. Mm-hmm. So I I agree with you. I think it really did pave the way to have more shows like Fleabag, like, even, like, Girls, really, where the characters are just they are flawed flawed. and there's not a whole lot of like positive spin put on their situation to like kind of glam it up and make it feel better you know Mm -hmm. but we wouldn't we wouldn't have that without and i think that if we just had that same character (laughs) i don't know what i was trying to say like carry character from season one and season two yeah, maybe people would have been like, fuck this bitch. I'm not, like, watching this show. Like, I hate this. Or it just would have been, like, a smaller, maybe, like, a cult classic. Totally. You know, like, yeah. there'd be the people who really identified with that character and, like, loved her. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I mean, I think most people that loved the first few seasons still love the rest of the show. I, I always watch from the beginning. I yeah. like the first few seasons. We get the I baby agree. shower episode in the first season. Classic. Great episode. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that, like, sort of grittier sense of humor. And now I'm like, oh, I should watch Fleabag. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you'd like it. Hot priest. Come back and we'll discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> okay. So just to kind of wrap things up, we'll end off by talking about, and just like that, season two, it's imminent the rumored air date and this is very much a rumor i have not publicly seen this released but you are special chosen listeners who are absolutely gonna go watch this show (laughs) um it's june 22nd so end of june we're potentially anticipating its release um and we'll be watching oh yeah we're gonna be watching 
maybe even do a bonus episode this summer. Ooh. Oh, if you want a bonus episode, let us know. Yes. <laughs> let us know. Send us your DMs or I don't know, just yeah. <laughs> a gift, a treat, a treat. Yeah. A treat. Um, but there's also a rumor circulating around. And once again, I am drawing heavily from another podcast <laughs> that I've heard, but they, they have also heard this on, on Good Authority. There are rumors that Samantha will be teased as returning to the show. Um, so I don't know. Do you think that's real or? I have a hard time believing that. Yeah. I mean, as a selfish content consumer yeah i would love to believe it but also as like the feminist gritty person i am i also want to be like don't back down kim cattrall mm-hmm. don't do it um i haven't heard any of this <laughs> oh yeah you got the tea you know what's tea. up i got the tea okay interesting i wonder i wonder i know and I would love for that to happen. I really, mm-hmm. really would. I also have a hard time seeing that happen after everything that's gone down. Mm-hmm. And if it did happen, it, like let's say it did, Kim Cattrall's not actually coming back, but Samantha's coming back in that like maybe she hypothetically moves back to New York. How does the show continue without? out her like is it just carrie talking to her through text messages is that the end of and just like that like season two it's goodbye i don't know like to to me that's like oh like i would want that to happen so badly like samantha is so deeply missed from Mm -hmm. the show but i do not see how that could happen i don't even see how that could carry forward if it did happen yeah, I, I have a hard time believing. I think that's just going to be a rumor. Yeah. That's my prediction. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. You know, whatever. I'm Gossip to your heart's content. Uh, but as Charlotte reminds us, remember that there's maybe another person in another situation on the other side. And never a bad thing to, to keep in mind in how we, how we share information, how we talk about other people, how we talk about situations. Gossip can be harmless, it can be fun, and it can also be mean. And let's not be mean. Let's not be mean. Let's keep our friends secrets, like Samantha, when asked. And probably also when not asked. (laughs) (laughs) You know, probably just good practice to keep your friends secrets. And yeah, I love that. Have a little inner Charlotte moment and kind of think about the person on the other side. Yeah, and keep our secrets. Because we're talking just to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's weird. Uh, anyway, uh, this is, yeah, this is our last episode of the season. Uh, perhaps we'll be back in your ears during the summer for mm-hmm. the premiere of, or I don't know, just the show and just like that. But uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Um, and otherwise, we'll talk to you later. Thank you so <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Like Emma said, we're just so deeply appreciative of everybody who listens, who watches the show for the first time. 
because you're listening to us that like means literally everything and more anybody who just tries this out and they're like i just like y'all we like you too thank yeah. you <laughs> we like you all so much um and please tell us if you like us yes. please rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can always send us a dm uh well dm us a post-it note or you can send us a voice memo um, you can find the links to do those things on Instagram and Twitter at Don't Hate Us Pod. And we will. And just like that. Big dad. <laughs> and he comes back from the dead in season two. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> just kidding. It's Ghostbusters. <laughs> Big Busters. <laughs> Big Busters. Oh, that that sounds a little dirty. <laughs> kind of fitting. <laughs> <laughs>